You're listening to the Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio. Hoxton Radio Food and Drink Show. Hello, Abby Moulton here, back behind the mic after a couple of weeks off. I had a little London staycation. Took some time to just wander through the city, drift around, read my book at the Barbican, have a dip in the Lido. Oh, it was all very nice, but not as nice as being back here. That's if I can remember where all the buttons are. I am flying solo in the studio today. The pressure is off in glorious Cornwall, so be nice to me, okay? Coming up on the show, we've got a feast of fancies to get through. Louise Avery from LA Brewery, gorgeous kombuchas brewed in Suffolk. She'll be joining me in the studio in a bit, pouring some of her foraged, flavour-driven craft creations... A few months ago, Louise sent me a box of her kombuchas, and I'm not going to lie, I had one every single day. It became a bit of a ritual, so I'm so excited to have her in. Can't wait to see what she brings. Elliot's Restaurant and Wine Bar, off of Borough Market fame, celebrates their 10th birthday this week and have officially opened doors to their fancy new London Fields digs. It looks so good, and owner Samantha Lim is popping by at 11 to tell us all about it. And there's a new kid on the block, the Duchess of Dalston, rambunctious new sibling from the team behind the award-winning, thank you very much, Kalu Calais cocktail bar. That's just arrived with a bang on Kingsland Road, serving brunch, lunch, dinner, cocktail, all with a bit of a characterful flair and founder Richard Wynn is joining us on the phone at half 11 plus we've got news of a five grand cocktail a disgruntled restaurant critic and new openings galore don't go anywhere the food and drink show with Abby Moulton and the pressure on Hoxton Radio Hoxton Radio food and drink show you are in the I'm going to say capable hands of Abby Moulton So as I mentioned, I'm just easing back into real life after a couple of weeks off, which was glorious. And obviously the last year and a bit have been weird for many reasons and we all miss being able to travel freely. But what I will say is taking some time off just to mooch around the city was so nice. You don't always get the chance to do that. And there's loads going on at the moment. The Alice in Wonderland exhibition at the V&A, Charlotte Perriand at the very fancy new design museum. I also spent an afternoon just wandering around the Barbican Library, um, kind of pretending I was in a film. I don't know if anybody else does that. And I tell you what, I have found a spot. If anybody is finding London overwhelming and the fact that everybody else is also in London and it's just so busy, if that's overwhelming, get yourself to the Barbican, go to the library but then follow through the library down the stairs to the music library and in the very back they have their CD collection. It's so cute. You can actually go and rent CDs if you want to, but obviously, I mean, who even has a CD player? So it is empty. It's like a dusty little archive of the days gone by, but it was just so calm and so quiet. Um, So yeah, that's my tip for anybody who's feeling a little bit frazzled and like they need to find a quiet space, Um, as long as you don't all go there together because then that kind of ruins everything. Obviously, there's loads of eating and drinking as well, and I'm going to tell you all about that. Don't worry, but let's have a little bit of glue from Bicep first. If you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show, drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com. Hoxton Radio Food and Drink Show, that was Hot Chip, and before that we had a little bit of Bicep Glue. 
Now, let's talk about food and drink, shall we? There's plenty of eating and drinking to be done in this fair city. Uh, one new place that's just opened is Christina's Shoreditch, and that is an all-day cafe and bar kind of bougie lounge concept. It's open at the new Mondrian on Curtin Road in the place of the old Curtin Hotel. They are doing katsu sandos, and if you don't know what they are, those are essentially the really Instagrammable Japanese sandwiches. They've usually got things inside them like crispy fried pork. Uh, Christina's is doing one with fried mortadella, which is just filth in the best possible way. When I went there, I was very good. I had an egg one because it reminded me of the fabulous egg sandwiches that you get in the 7-Eleven in Japan. If anybody's been to Japan, I know you know what I'm talking about. They've got coffee. They've also got cocktails. And they've got one in particular. It's mezcal, yuzu sake, vergis, and IPA. And it's called the Langrita. And that just looks so good. That is Christina's new all-day bougie lounge at the Mondrian. Um, And I can hear our first guest ringing enthusiastically. So I'm going to go and let her in. And I'm going to leave you with some Tom Mish. The Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio. Let's try that one more time. I'm in the studio with the wonderful Louise Avery from LA Brewery. How are you? I am so well. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you as well. So Louise makes beautiful kombuchas in the Suffolk countryside and they are flavor driven. They are gorgeous. They come in really lovely combinations. I always think of the strawberry and black pepper because it's just so playful. (laughs) But you've also got citrus hops, which is a little bit like beer and it's lovely. Your story started in the Scottish islands, the Hebrides. Tell us about that. Um, Yes. So I was actually born in the Hebrides. And 10 years ago, I was living in London and I had a nine to five job. And I sort of found myself staring out the window, wondering how I come so far from my upbringing. My mother was a painter and she taught me how to forage and we were very into wild plants. And so... So 10 years ago, I essentially panicked and quit my job and moved back to the Hebrides. And it was the same time that I went on a trip to the States and tasted kombucha for the first time. And I sort of absolutely had one of those real foodie moments where you fall in love with the taste profile. And it was tart and fizzy and delicious and like nothing I'd ever tried before. So a number of things came together and I moved back to this island, the island of Mull, and reconnected with the land and sort of discovered my roots again and was picking gorse flowers and mushrooms and seaweed off the rocks oh, and started learning about the fermentation process. So maybe we should just, I think everybody knows what kombucha is. It is a fizzy fermented tea and it's got a bit of a tang. I mean, I really like that. It gives it <clears throat> some complexity. That's exactly right. So kombucha is made by fermenting sweetened tea. So you start with, I start with green and black tea, and then I cool it to room temperature and add some sugar, which is for the culture. And then it's added to our fermentation tanks, which are made from bacteria and yeast. And what happens is the yeast eats the sugar and converts it into alcohol. And then the alcohol is converted into acetic acid, by the bacteria and so you have this fermentation process which produces a huge complexity of flavor but no alcohol and so you have this amazing flavor profile which constantly develops 
That's what I really like. I think when it first kind of burst onto the scene a few years ago, it was billed as a health drink. And, you know, it is really healthy, but it's the complexity and the flavor side of things. I don't think everybody realizes that actually it's just really tasty drink as well. I'm not joking. Ever since uh, mm-hmm. you sent me a box of kombuchas um, a couple of months ago, I had one every day. And I swear, every day at around three o'clock, I get thirsty for a kombucha. And uh, I've never forgotten it. I kind of crave it all the time now. It's really good. Yeah, I think it's it happens on two levels, right? Because it's a taste profile that's quite addictive because it's got that sort of tangy hook. And you find w- when you have a little bit, you end up wanting more because it's got that sweet sour, which is quite addictive. And also on a physical level, there's something about it. I think the body craves. It's quite good for you. Maybe it's the organic acids. And so we often find that after the first taste, people sort of fall in love with it. And it becomes that it's quite good in the afternoon. And then around five or six o'clock, if you're craving a drink, which... I mean, I love wine, so I often am. But that it sort of takes away that desire and is something brand new and quite special. Yeah, I totally get that. So you were in the Hebrides, you were foraging for these ingredients and you started fermenting in your kitchen, which um, you've just described the process and it sounds really complicated to be able to just do at home. Now you're in Suffolk and you have your own brewery. So I'm sure there have been lots of things that have happened between there and here. Talk to us about fermenting and having a non-alcoholic brewery in Suffolk. What's that like? As you say, it's been a long journey and it did start in my the Hebrides and then it went to my kitchen in London and I deliver my bicycle to restaurants around Hackney and Islington, which was amazing and complex too. Um, but if you fast forward to 2017, I then met my business partners who helped me raise money and... I ended up building a brewery in Suffolk because it's such a beautiful foodie scene there. And there was this amazing ex um, airbase, a US airbase. And I've actually now got this incredible airplane hangar <gasps> that we've converted into a brewery. And so it's just, it's super cool on many levels, but there's also a lot of space and then support with amazing food brands. And Aubra Festival is there too. I don't know if you've ever been Ooh, there. Oh, no, but it sounds great. So good. So what does that mean from a fermentation perspective then? How much can you do? Is there like you ferment the flavors and this is what happens? Or is there a way that you can play around? Does the brewery give you more freedom to do stuff? Yeah, so what I've learned over the years, I've been working with quite a few scientists and the really clever thing about kombucha is you can, depending on the teas that you use and the way you ferment it, you can make it taste anything like champagne or cider or beer. And the strains of bacteria and yeast are all they're all quite familiar ones that are used in beer or wine. And so what we've started doing is manipulating. We've made one which is sort of like um, an IPA. And so I see the future being very close to micro-brewed beer, where Mm -hmm. you take it down all kinds of avenues, creating your own yeast and bacteria strains. So that's what I've started developing. And having the brewery has given us, we've got sort of 30 different tanks all doing their own beautiful thing. And then we we blend them in, in the same way you might whiskey to get all these complex flavors. Such a lot of effort is now going into non-alcoholic drinks. Uh, it's really good. It's so interesting. We're going to have a little taste. We're going to pop one song on, um, and then we're going to see what we've got. This is Feel Good by Marabou State. The Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio. Hoxton Radio Food and Drink Show. You are listening to Abby Moulton, and I am in the studio with Louise Avery from the wonderful L.A. Brewery Kombuchas. We're doing some tasting 
we have got a i'm going to call this can i call this a cocktail yeah yeah so it's non-alcoholic it's really beautiful this is made from talk me through what this is made from (laughs) okay so the first ingredient is pineapple weed syrup um, which is also known as wild chamomile and it's this beautiful plant that grows it tends to grow in slightly broken areas but um it's a, it looks like a, a daisy head. Um, and then the, I made this by gathering multiple heads and then creating a syrup using sugar and water. And then what it gives is this, well, it, it tastes just like pineapple, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's also got a sort of relaxing effect of chamomile. Lovely. So it's called pineapple weed because it tastes like pineapple and not because it's actually to do with pineapple. No, no, it's no relation. It's relation to chamomile. So that's the first ingredient. And this batch was actually picked in Somerset. But before that, I made a huge batch from Peckham. So there's some there's some incredible places to forage in London, if you just, uh, which are like meadows. <laughs> and so Hackney. Gorgeous. Um, Hack- Hackney's got loads of incredible parks for that. Obviously, Peckham, Somerset, Scotland are my usual foraging favourites. And so pineapple weed is the first layer. And then I've topped it up with lemongrass kombucha. I'm just going to have a taste as you talk. Mm-hmm. And then on top of the lemongrass kombucha, I've got a few drops of elderflower tincture that I made this year. So again, there was a huge crop of elderflower in Peckham and I gathered it uh, with my assistant and made tinctures from... I don't know if you've ever made a tincture, but when you get the flowers and you top it up with a high-proof alcohol and leave it for a couple of weeks, you get these incredible flavours. And so that's the top note. It's quite grassy and floral. Yeah, I can really get all of those notes. I feel like the flavours are coming in layers as well. I can kind of get that lovely, yeah, I'm going to say really pineapple-y (laughs) flavour. Then there's layers of freshness from the lemongrass, and then there's that floral elderflower. So you have been doing, you've done a kind of exclusive limited edition seasonal kit uh, a few months ago which or a few weeks ago that I had um, and it was gorgeous it had these in it have you got any more of those on the way yeah so I've got one planned for next month and then probably a final year because we're in sort of the prime foraging time and the next one will include the beautiful autumnal fruit so we have the blackberries coming Mm. out and the elderberries soon yeah and the hawberries and the rose hips so any sort of keen forager will have most of those in the hedgerows around them um they're all across London as well and so it's a real bounty right now and coming into September as well so there'll be a lot of that and of course course some dried flowers which is sort of my homeland I love them gorgeous so people will be able to have these non-alcoholic very good for you teas and they'll be able to make kind of seasonal local foraged cocktails from them as well totally where can we find you Louise where can people buy um so our kombucha is on sale obviously first of all on our online shop it's also on Amazon but in terms of physical stockets we're in planet organic whole foods selfridges many many health food shops across london and the uk we're also in leon oh nice <laughs> and i've seen that you're doing something with honest burger you've got your citrus hops in honest burger and it's national burger day next week so i'm sure yes. everybody's going to be running to honest burger please go yeah we've launched um in 10 honest burger stores and we did a food pairing because the citrus hops which is a sort of like a non-alcoholic floral 
tart IPA style drink um, pairs really well with the burgers and we're super proud to work with them so it's cool amazing I highly recommend having a look at LA Brewery Instagram which is just at LA Brewery it is a page of gorgeous golden sunshine of nature of kind of dappled rays landing on their tablecloths and it's just really gorgeous so thank you so much Louise we'll look forward to checking out some more kombucha soon thank you Abby the food and drink show on Hoxton Radio. It's the Hoxton Radio food and drink show with Abby Moulton and we've just had Louise Avery from LA Brewery. Gorgeous flavour-driven kombuchas. You can check them out on their social pages at LA Brewery. They are just beautiful. Coming up on the show today, still, we've got two gorgeous guests. We have got Samantha joining us from Elliot's. Elliot's opened in Borough Market almost exactly 10 years ago, uh, earning a reputation as one of the darlings of the London food scene with its ingredient-led small plates and thoughtful wine lists. Can't wait to have Samantha in. And we've also got Richard joining us from the Duchess of Dalston to talk to us about cocktails and brunch. It's a jam-packed show, and we're really excited for it. Before then, though, we've got a few bits of gossip for you. How much have you ever spent on a cocktail? What's the most you have or would spend? Because Bar Liber have just opened in Islington and they have a £5,000, not an exaggeration, £5,000 cocktail called the Empire Punch Cocktail. This is apparently modelled on a very famous cocktail that comes from Harry Johnson's Bartender's Manual. It was published in the 1880s, and it was a combination of champagne, red wine, cognac, and dessert wine. Bar Libre have recreated this, not just using any old plonk. They've put imperial cognac in there, black top anniversary rum, six bottles of Dom Perignon, They've got Madeira and they've got four bottles of Chateau Lafitte, which about is about as designer wine as you can get. They say the five-pound cocktail makes wine fun again. I mean, if you ask me, I thought wine was pretty fun already, but there we go. If you really saved your pennies during lockdown, why not go out and blow it all on a cocktail? Can't talk about how it tastes, but uh, it certainly got us talking. Coming up next, we have got a little bit of horse meat disco. Why don't we uh, why don't we get in the groove a little bit? You're listening to the Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio. A little bit of youth by Glass Animals. And before that, we had Falling Deep in Love by Horsemeat Disco. Now, we have got some lovely guests on the show today. And joining us right now, we have Samantha Lim. Samantha is with us from Elliot's, which you may know from Borough Market, a really gorgeous kind of stalwart of the London food scene. It's been open for exactly 10 years, and I hear it was the birthday party a couple of days ago. And they've just opened a really lovely new site in London Field. Samantha, hello and welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You look very sprightly for somebody <laughs> who had a 10th birthday yesterday. We, we're taking it easy. We're actually going to celebrate on the weekend so that everyone can get into it. We have all the staff uh, giving them the day off, so that should be quite fun. That sounds like a much more sensible way <laughs> of doing things. I like how you work it. So you've been in Borough Market for 10 years. I always do kind of think of Elliot's as one of the darlings of the London food scene. Aww. Anybody who works in food if you kind of mention Elliot's 
You know, there's the same noise as people make. If you mention St. John, if you mention Rochelle Canteen, if you mention Elliot, people always kind of go, oh, amazing. I love it. I love it. I mean, that's amazing that you're putting us in that category with those restaurants, because obviously they are like the iconic London restaurants and, you know, something that we can, we have definitely aspired to like getting to that level of, you know, service and just like the the general atmosphere that they create and the sort of communities that they have around them as well. Like just, you know, the customers and also the staff that have, you know, gone from there and then gone on to do amazing things. Oh, I mean, somebody needs to do a feature on kind of the bloodlines of these restaurants. But, you know, maybe you you should. I would. It's on my. (laughs) list believe me actually I shouldn't have just said it on the airways take it back take it back it's a terrible idea um I mean that's the thing you've been open for 10 years now and you've got a similar ethos I think the thing that makes it stand out is your way of kind of getting produce so you work with independent farmers you source very carefully I mean, that's been something that Brett, um, my husband, who originally started the business um, so many years ago, he has always been really interested in, you know, working with and supporting other independent sort of um, companies and businesses. So, you know, even though the Market Cafe was kind of like the original concept and working with people from Borough Market, which we still do, it's obviously expanded in so many ways. Um, You know, you meet so many people through this industry and um, it's very exciting to be able to work with so many of them that maybe start their own farms or start their own like wine companies and whatnot so it's yeah, very exciting I feel like after 10 years in Barra Market you could publish a really cool book <laughs> I bet you've got some stories of customers as well and There's, things you've yeah, seen definitely I mean we have been through a lot obviously the market itself has a lot of history which is incredible to like dip into but yeah we definitely have a lot of crazy characters that come have been through the doors or even worked with us and you know uh, one day one day we're going to keep it that one under wraps for the moment <laughs> So from the craziness of Borough Market to the dot, dot, dot of London Fields. Yeah. How's London Fields been? Insane. Just absolutely love it. Uh, we both live have lived in Hackney for, uh, yeah, since we've both been here from Australia. Um, actually, when Brett first opened Elliot's, the original one was just around the corner from here on Bethnal Green Road. So it's kind of like a full circle moment to be able to come back to Hackney and it feels very natural. Yeah. And I mean, London Fields has just grown up so much in the last couple of years. It's gone from the kind of squat raves that I'm sure we all <laughs> remember that we won't talk about. Um, and now it's a real foodie mecca, especially. Yeah. So you're on the corner of Mare Street, um, yes. directly opposite Natural House. Yes. Mare Street Market, Bright. Exactly, yeah. Bright, bright friend or foe? Oh, friend, definitely <laughs> friends. Yeah, we, we love those guys. We've been, you know, when they had um, Noble, when they opened Noble on Broadway Market, big customers there. Obviously, P. Franco, Peg, love all those spots. Yeah. Um, also, fellow Aussies. So I think we all tend to kind of like stick together. Um, they they did an annual, well, they did this pre-pandemic. They had like a an Aussie, like down under cricket match. And Brett actually joined the team as well to support. Fun. Okay, good. So we're neighbours, kind yeah. of uh, friends, not foes. Only I, love, only love. Only love. I wouldn't have expected anything else, to be honest. So the site looks really nice as well. It's got a very, you know, you can tell it's really design-led. It's all wood floors and exposed brick. Is there much of a difference between the London Fields and the Borough Market's offerings and their menus? 
there are slight differences. Um, obviously, we wanted to keep the same core kind of vibe that we have going at Borough. Um, the menu kind of, you know, we do, we still do like a lot of the sharing plates. We want people to like, you know, when you come down and sit at a table, it's all about like being together. Yeah. The food, it's great if it's like, you know, a highlight, but the, the main thing about a meal should be like the company and the kind of like experience that you're having at the table. So 100%. we wanted to create that. Yeah. I always think with things like that, I kind of always have a phrase in my mind, elbows on the table. <laughs> and I always think, you know, that's where I want to go. I don't want to go somewhere where I have to remember my table manners and where I have to kind of like... Like eat with the right cutlery I want to be able to just put my elbows on the table really yeah. lean into the conversation and kind of share food back and forth and just get really excited about everything 100% and like also you don't want to be worrying about like oh should we get some more wine it should just be flowing the conversation should be flowing the laugh should be had like that is I think to me the key part of like going out amazing I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about the menu in some more detail uh, right after this tune by Tune Yards if you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show, drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com. Hold Yourself by Tune Yards. And we're back in the studio. We've got Samantha from Elliot's. We were just talking about lockdown and you guys actually took over the London Field site in the middle of lockdown, which is incredibly brave <laughs> yes some say brave I mean to be honest I was n I was not convinced at when Brett you know was like let's do this I was a bit I was definitely nervous um, but we just love this space so much and yeah. we could feel already that it was going to be a good thing you know when you just have like that gut instinct oh 100% and I mean as somebody who lives close by I can say that even though it potentially it didn't look how you wanted it to look <laughs> at that stage the pizzas were there they kept many of us very full and very happy on London Fields when we weren't allowed to go indoors anywhere yeah we, we took advantage of um, the fact that London Fields is so close so we were able to do takeaway which was amazing and sort of get to meet the neighborhood that way as well which was really fun yeah absolutely and so um, I have been swooning over the menu and because it was Elliot's 10th birthday I've been looking at some of the mainstays oh, yes. so the Basque cheesecake has been on there since day one yes well not day one but definitely three or years okay. or so years in alright alright I think the original post or the first sighting was 2016 maybe is that the one that was posted on Instagram last night yeah ah. that was from our um, our head chef who was with us at that time but he's now back in Australia sadly I mean, it looked amazing. What else is on the menu that's been there since day one? Is there anything? The Maris Pipers, I could see. We were trying to find like old menus yesterday and we found like the Maris Pipers have been on, which are like a, our triple cooked potato chips, which is like, you know, a definite, yeah. definite yeah. Um, add to order. Um, and the cheese puffs, I'm not sure what year they came into existence, but definitely mm. have been on for a while. Yeah. Oh, and the burger, which we no longer have, but that was a, a day one situation. The cheese puffs, they <laughs> have got my attention. Yes. And so the wine then, so you've got two sites and you've got two general managers mm -hmm. and I believe they've both got a bit of a, an eye for wine. Does that mean yes. they have a bit of a competition going between them? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely differences in the wine list, which is fun. Um, Yuso, who does the list in Borough, has been with us for a really long time and has really cultivated a very sort of unique list. It's a, he has a very strong love for like Euro, uh, Central European kind yeah. of wines. 
Cameron, who has joined us from, you know, he has so much amazing experience in the restaurant scene, both here and abroad. He has more of a sort of classical approach to the wine list. Like he really loves like really well-made sort of classic Mm. wines. So he's gone for more of an elegant sort of classical approach, but with a couple of, you know, surprises here and there. So nice. Something on offer at both locations. Mm, Reasons to check out both. So I have a question for you. Let's imagine today you stride into Elliot's and you sit down or let's say you stride into Elliot's and your team go, do you know what, Sam, you've been working too hard. Take today off, sit down at this table. We are going to serve you. Oh my God. What's your fantasy order? What are you eating? What are you drinking? Okay, for me, it's very hard to pass up getting everything on a menu. Like, no matter where I go, I always order, like, it's way too much food. Yeah. For the table, obviously. Yeah. Definitely the cheese puffs. Um, We have a dish on the menu, which is in the small plate section, which is a potato flatbread, and it comes with creme fraiche and Mm. trout roux, Mm. and it's just covered in a butter as well. So it's it's definitely not on the healthy scale, but it's on the on the taste level, it's insane. You've got pops of like cream, pops of you know saltiness from the trout roux. That's I would definitely get that. That sounds amazing. My mouth is watering. (laughs) I should have brought one. Sorry. (laughs) And what about drinking then? Drinking. At the moment, we do a watermelon margarita, Mm. which um, it's coming to the end of the season for the Sicilian watermelons. But definitely going to try and get a few more of those in before it finishes. And wine wise, there's so many good things, but maybe like an Italian rosé or something, something fun like that. Very nice. And tell me, are we eating this indoors or are we eating El Fresco? Ooh. Well, depending on the UK weather. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a depressing question, actually. Preferably outdoors. Yeah. On a beautiful bank holiday, it's going to be like, what, 28 degrees on the bank holiday? Is it? Just going to put it out there. Let's put it out there. I'm going to believe you anyway, and I'm going to go for the hope. If anybody wants to have a look at all of these amazing dishes that we are describing, you can find them on at Elliot's London uh, on Instagram or a very nice website address, which is Elliot's.London. There's no .co.uk. It's just Elliot's.London, which is pretty cool. (laughs) It's modern. (laughs) It's modern. How modern. (laughs) Sam, thank you so much. Thank you. Looking forward to coming along and trying the cheese yes. puffs and the watermelon come on, margarita. Come on down. Amazing. Thank you. The Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio. That was The Coral in the morning and we've just had Sam from Elliot's in the studio talking to us about their new site in London Fields which meets their older sibling which is Elliot's Borough Market and they are one of the restaurants in London that has a really lovely ethos of focusing on local produce, independent growers, all that kind of stuff that we really love. Something that people don't really love, uh, we have had, I love it when critics, restaurant critics do bad reviews, when they go to something that they just absolutely hate and they unleash the scorn. And we've had one of those this week. Jay Rayner from The Guardian, one of the critics that kind of has people quaking in their boots, he went to the new lounge at the Dorchester and he was not happy. He titled his article dismal food at inexplicable prices he mentioned that the bread basket is 16 pounds 16 pounds for a bread basket salads starting at 28 a bowl of pasta for 38 
and he described the salads as looking like something from the Garfunkel's salad bar. Imagine opening an expensive, fancy restaurant at the Dorchester, inviting all of the critics in, thinking that you're going to blow their mind, and then they describe it as something like a salad bar from a chain hotel. If you look at the article, it is the Polo Lounge at Dorchester Hotel. There is a photo of the salad, and I have to say, it does look pretty anemic. Um, But yeah, can't please everybody. Maybe there's someone there who likes it. Still to come on the show today, we've got Richard joining us on the line from the Duchess of Dorchester, which is a lovely, rambunctious, rowdy new cocktail bar, joins Three Sheets and Hasher on Kingsland Road, that little area that people call the Haggerston Strip. So we're going to get him in in a little moment. But before then, we've got some Georgia Smiths. You're listening to the Food and Drink Show on Hoxton Radio. Addicted by Georgia Smith. Just a really nice song. And uh, on the line, I hope, we have got Richard from the excellent new Duchess of Dalston. Hi, Richard. Hey, Abby. How are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Yeah, really good. Good. So, Duchess of Dalston is the kind of energetic, characterful cocktail bar that also does brunch, lunch and dinner and wine and you've just burst onto the scene on the Kingsland Road. (laughs) Yeah, that one-stop shop for everything, right? That one-stop shop, the place for a really good night out. Yeah, I mean, um, for a great night out, uh, a great cup of coffee in the morning, um, we're looking to do brunch at the weekends. So all in all, there's, uh, there's plenty to satisfy uh, all, all different kinds of tastes there. I mean, we know you know what you're doing. You are the founder of none other than Kalu Calais in Shoreditch. Yes. And um, I mean, anything that's going to come from that team opening in Dolson <laughs> is uh, something that we want to know about. What's the, I mean, there's quite a different vibe between them both. How would you sort of describe Kalu Calais if you had to, to anybody who hasn't heard, if there's anybody left? And um, (laughs) how does that kind of transpire into the Duchess of Dalston? Yeah, well, I mean, um, Kalu Calais and the Duchess are are a little bit similar and very different at the same time. They're they're obviously very different neighbourhoods, even though they're only half a mile down the road. Um, Shoreditch has become this uh, this kind of cosmopolitan, you know, energetic uh, pit of everything from uh, a little bit of city. There's still loads of music and artists uh, who work and live in the area. It's a destination for the home counties. Um, and you, you've got a lot of different kinds of people. There's a lot of, uh, of nightlife there a lot of restaurants there um, and it's it's so quick and so fast-paced and so moving um, that uh, that you you have to be constantly looking to what what the next six months is going to be like whereas the Duchess in Dalston is um, is much more of a neighborhood style cocktail bar that does do a really good brunch and a really good cup of coffee so it's um, very much aimed at its locals it's got a good regular crowd already um, and uh, the teams, I mean, both both teams are fantastic. I mean, we've been really, really fortunate with recruitment and um, the fact that people still, you know, regard Kalu Kalei as as, uh, as a benchmark to um, to industry standards. Um, so people still want to work for us. And, and that whilst they're technically very gifted and very similar, they're very different in terms of what they want to do and the type of people that they want to serve. Um, so... Uh, there are plenty of similarities, but but quite a few differences as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's great to hear you talk about things like coffee and brunch. It's nice to have a neighborhood place that you feel like you can kind of roll out of bed, land mm. somewhere and just have them really look after you. <laughs> That's right? something that I always <laughs> like to have nearby anyway. So, yeah. And, and like like I said, we've, we've got, you know, regulars already. And it's not just nighttime regulars. We've got the guys who work and live on the street. And I think, you know, with so many people working from home now, um, it's it's so it's, it's it's almost a necessity to have to roll out of bed or roll away from your desk and just kind of waltz down the street and make sure that there's a really good co- coffee shop on your corner. Uh, and that's what we're providing just um, during the week at the moment. It's just a, a pastry or a, uh, you know, a savory muffin of some sort and a really good cup of coffee. And you can have that in or take out if you want. And, and the passing trade is great. And then at nighttime, um, you know, it is we, the amount of people that we see on a Tuesday and then a Thursday and then maybe a, a, a nightcap on a Saturday. It's incredible. So, um, so yeah, we've, we've really kind of taken to heart the fact that this is a neighborhood, like community almost, that we want to be a part of and serve. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, you are in such good company there as well with Three Sheets mm. and Brilliant Corners. That can only yep. kind of bring more people to the area as well. Absolutely. I mean, you could like the amount of people that say, oh, you know, who's your biggest competitor and what's your competition like? And I'm like, well, it's it's you, I mean, you could call it competition, but I, I honestly think, you know, not no one's really going to come to one bar and stay all evening. And if you think that that's your customer, then you're going to struggle straight away because, you know, we've got uh, Hasher, which is just two doors down as well. Uh, and three sheets at the top of the street, you know, both fantastic cocktail bars. So if you want to if if you want to make a night of it and go for some incredible cocktails, you've only got and I call it the promenade by the way, our stretch between <laughs> uh, uh, between the Haggerston Pub and the Fox. That's better than uh, the um, Haggerston Strip, which is what I've always. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> the I promenade. It's, it's had an upgrade. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, on our on our little promenade, um, we've got Hasher and Three Sheets, which are excellent cocktail bars as well. Uh, and we, we've fit snugly right in the middle, so uh, so I'm really happy, and I think it will just bring more cocktail lovers to um, to to that to that strip, to the Haggerston Strip. So for all these cocktail lovers who have gone on a bar crawl and they've just hit every single one on the promenade, not the strip, mm-hmm. uh, they've woken up in the morning. You've got plans for brunch. Any teasers yeah. on what we might expect from that brunch menu? I mean, there'll be a couple of staple classics. There'll be eggs and avocado. Um, there'll there'll be um, a full on, well, not a full on English. There'll be um, uh, uh, certain staples, um, but we're going to have a little bit of a twist on it as well. Um, so we've got some incredible tacos, like a breakfast burrito nice. uh, style um, uh, dish, and um, and we've also just uh, put a ceviche on there as well, which I didn't think was going to work at all. Um, but uh, but has actually worked incredibly well in our Islington uh, bar. So uh, those those kinds of dishes, just something a little bit more elegant and a little bit more unique than a McMuffin or something like that. <laughs> I like it. And the name then, so it's named after the Queen of Hearts' little sister and the Duchess yeah. pays homage to Lewis Carroll's Wonderland. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about the vibe. Well, so, I mean, the vibe, like as you said, uh, you know, Kalukale uh, is... Is um, has been going in Shoreditch now, uh, and it's been going for about 13 years, I think, this November. Um, and I knew that I wanted to put together a neighbourhood cocktail bar. And as soon as I found the site, I was like, "This is this is brilliant. It's exactly what I wanted. It's small, it's quirky, it's you know perfect for locals." And then when it came around to the name, 
I wanted to have a similar vibe to Kalukale and, and you know, Kalukale is, is um, words taken from a Lewis Carroll poem, The Jabberwocky, from, which is in part of Alice in Wonderland. Um, so I wanted to look for characters within Alice in Wonderland that weren't so obvious, like the Cheshire Cat or Tweedledum or whatever. Yeah. Um, and um, I was researching quite a lot. And then I, I came across the Duchess, who was the Queen of Hearts' ugly little sister, um, which which uh, felt quite poignant at the time. And I was like, ugly little sister, but actually, you know, this this little thing that could come, you know, steamrolling through and uh, and do a, a great job for us. I think that'll work. Um, so I, I I refer to it as you know to my team as the Duchess, but uh, but it is the Duchess of Dalston, uh, even though technically I suppose it sits in Haggerston, but um, but it just rolls off the tongue really well. Um, and it sits within our group really nicely. So that's three bars now that are all named after workings by Lewis Carroll, which for me, it's a great, um, he's, he's a great author anyway. It's, uh, it's just a bit of fun and a classical piece of literature at the same time that's not to be taken too, too seriously. Yeah. And that's our company in a nutshell. Um, you know, we can produce some excellent cocktails if you're in for martinis or Negronis. Um, we'll uh, we'll put on a banging playlist. Uh, there'll be some some banter with the staff, um, some really good chat, and a really good cup of coffee at the same time. And all in all, that's that's kind of us, that kind of classic, but with a bit of a twist. Amazing. I mean, sold. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, no problem. I'll I'll meet you for espresso martinis at five. Ah, oh, absolutely. Yes, please, Richard. Thank you so much. It's been so nice to hear. And yeah, espresso martinis at five. Let's go. <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> Cheers. Catch Thanks so soon. much. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. If you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show, drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com. And that's the new single from French DJ Dimitri from Paris, released this year. Has the music saved all of our lives? I actually nipped in to Soho this week to pick up a Dimitri from Paris box set released uh, around Christmas time, but due to everything that's gone on this year, the pressings have only just came out. It was so lovely to walk around Soho. It's just bustling and lively and full of life. All of the tables, restaurants tables are spilling out on the streets. And there's loads of new kind of wine stuff going on there as well. I popped into the Mulray. So used to be a cocktail bar, now a wine bar. Really lovely list of natural wines. And then I went to see good friends of the show Crispin. They've opened their new wine bar on Kingly Street. And I had a bottle of chilled Austrian red and some anchovy on toast and it was just the most wonderful thing I was with a really good friend we had that kind of elbows on the table situation I was talking about earlier that was fantastic just before those we had Richard from the Duchess of Dalston on the show talking to us about cocktails and coffee and all the good things happening on Kings and Road They are another place that's working alongside local artisans and businesses, sourcing local ingredients. They've even got their own rooftop bee-friendly herb garden, and they're using some of that to make their cocktails as well. What more can anybody want, hey? 
uh, coming up this weekend, if you haven't got any plans yet, at the weekend just past, I went to South Facing Festival all the way down in Crystal Palace, uh, and it was really lovely. South Facing are running a series of events throughout the summer. It's a different lineup every weekend. I was there on Sunday for Worldwide FM's fifth birthday party, which was a little bit of kind of chilled jazz. We had some Giles Peterson and Mr. Scruff, some Coco Roco, and Cinematic Orchestra, who did the most amazing set at the end of it. Uh, They're running, South Facing Festival is running for one more weekend. You can catch the actual streets, actual Mike Skinner, alongside Green Tea Peng on one night. We've got Max Richter coming up on the Friday night. So if you're short of plans and you want to do something, have a little look. It's on southfacingfestival.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've also got loads of new openings that have just burst onto the scene in the last couple of weeks. I mentioned Christina's at the Mondrian earlier. Definitely worth going there for a coffee and a katsu sando. Please go for the mortadella. It just looks amazing. They've got really fantastic cocktails as well. Six by Nico is a new opening in Canary Wharf that's taken the city by storm. Um, And we hope to have both the team from Christina's and Six by Nico in here too. And Andy Oliver has opened the door to her new restaurant, Wadadli, in Hackney Wick this weekend. And she is just bringing vibrant flavours. I don't know if you know Andy Oliver. If you've seen her on the telly, she is just vibrant, full of life. You kind of hear her laugh before you hear anything else. And I'm so excited to get to her restaurant. I think that's about it from the Hoxton Radio Food and Drink Show. Thank you so much for joining me for my first ever solo show. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, And we'll be back on the airwaves with more food and more booze next week. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of mini Ripperton Le Fleur, which is just a really nice way to ease you into Kezabee's show. Cheers. If you make tasty food or drink and would like to be featured on the show, drop us an email to info at hoxtonradio.com.